Welcome to The Carlina Show, where ordinary people share their hero's journey. I'm your host, Carlina Angwin, and this is episode 19 of the podcast. Today on the show, we have Zabine Guo. Zabine is a medical anthropologist and Tai Chi master whose work takes him to the VA medical centers across the United States to teach their staff adaptive Tai Chi. Today on the show, Zubin takes us through the journey of his formative years in China to arriving in the United States in his early 20s and leading his first adaptive Tai Chi class by accident. That experience propelled him on a journey to develop an adaptive Tai Chi program that he debuted at the Beijing Paralympics and eventually led him to his work with the VA. Find out more about Zabine and watch a video of his program by visiting the podcast website at carlena.net. That's C-A-R-L-E-E-N-A.net. From there, you can find past episodes, connect with the podcast on social media, and sign up for the mailing list. I'd like to thank Stephen Lorca for video editing and production so we can post our episodes on the Carlina Show YouTube channel as well as the podcast. Now I bring you Zabingo. Well, hello, Zabine. Hello, Caroline. How are you? <laughs> good, good. I guess we've known each other for about five years now. At least. At least. I'm trying At to least. think when At it was least. I met you. I, I think I met you when you were uh, the first time I arrived here. Because uh-huh. remember, the first time I, arrived, I met you is was you just got here. Uh-huh. Okay. The health okay. department. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a few years, and I've always been a fan of yours. Oh, thank you. Yes. So, so I'm really excited to have you on the show, and um, so there's a lot I want to cover with you. But maybe if you could just go ahead and tell people a little bit about you and what you're up to right now. All right. Thank you. Uh, I uh, I'm a medical anthropologist, and uh, in terms of my training. And uh, but before then, I was uh, uh, you know uh, martial arts uh, fan and uh, practitioner, and uh, had a dream of one day to 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 become uh, you know martial arts uh, master instructor. And uh, but of course, and uh, when I arrived here uh, from China uh, thirty some years ago, I realized that uh, I need to learn English first. So how so? Um, how old were you when you arrived here? I arrived here when I was twenty-four. Twenty-four. Yeah, twenty-four. When I was twenty-four years old. Tell me a little bit about your formative years. What what brought you here? Well, you know, I grew up uh, in the age of uncertainty and uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't say chaos, but uh, you know, for for a lot of people, they would describe then uh, was chaotic. But for kids, and uh, you know. Really, not that chaotic because kids, kids, we all try to enjoy and uh, everything and given to us. But but uh, I grew up in 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 the era of uh, what I call it, cultural revolution in China, and uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, you know um, um, political events and uh, and uncertainty in terms of you know uh, who are the enemies, who are not. You know, it's like. Uh, uh, you know, everybody can be a potentially uh, anti-revolutionist, and uh, but so so that was the time I grew up, 
And uh, by learn, I think at that time really t- taught them, taught us, our taught generation how to adapt. Mm-hmm. You know how to make uh, worst uh, to the best, mm-hmm. uh, how do you enjoy uh, with things uh, not there. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So that was the kind of general grow up. But then of course I, 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 I started to learn martial arts when I was uh, seven years old, and uh, um, so being part of that culture and uh, uh, that really also. Mm-hmm. Helped me give me a lot of uh, kind of uh, what do you call it, uh, strength and discipline. Do you remember the first day you tried Tai Chi? Well, I tried Tai Chi that was later, and uh, oh. when I was 16, and after a uh, back injury, and uh, you know, I realized that uh, it was impossible for me to become a professional martial artist like Bruce Lee, you know, and jump kicking because the back injury. And of course, then my master uh, introduced me to uh, a great Tai Chi master, and uh, uh, so I uh, began to uh, learn Tai Chi. But uh, honestly, the first time I was told I needed to learn Tai Chi internal martial arts, I was like, "Wow, what is that?" Because that is like for for old people, you know, and moving so slowly. And uh, I'm I was young kids, and I can fly. That kind of mentality, but of course I was injured. And what happened? Still, what happened that led you? What what injured your back? Was doing a, a, a fight, a kind of a training fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I missed a kick, and uh, end up on the floor uh, for twenty minutes. Couldn't feel my back. You know, it was 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 pretty pretty a scary moment in my life. And uh, but of course then. And, you know, come back and after months of treatment, uh, acupuncture, uh, trainer, and uh, so basically recovered. But uh, I, I knew that uh, you know certain movement I could not do anymore. So you know, it's 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 pretty 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 think about it. it's pretty interesting time and that that uh, how an injury and sudden injury and uh, uh, a dream of uh, becoming a great martial artist. And uh, but the Tai Chi is really kind of become uh, the tool of my uh, transformation, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, I was in bad shape in terms of the back limitation. I could not do a lot of things. But then the Tai Chi is really kind of very ordinary. Look at it; it's a slow. Everybody can do it. But great, great implication for martial arts, and so I began to appreciate it and begin to to really kind of uh, try to study it, understand it philosophically, but also in terms of uh, methods. And uh, then I find out, wow, this is uh, such a great event that I was injured. Otherwise, probably would uh, you know? Who knows? What type of martial arts were you doing before? Was a uh, you know generally called uh, Shaolin. Style, mm-hmm. so it's a fast, uh, quick moving, jumping, kicking, you know, those kind of uh, thing you will see in the movie. Would it be like jujitsu or karate, or is it? Yeah, different? yeah, oh, okay. well, similar to that, okay. similar to that in Aikido, uh, 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 in uh, Taekwondo and uh, mm-hmm. karate and kung fu stuff. It's like kung fu stuff. I saw the movie of Jackie Chan uh-huh. and Bruce Lee and uh, okay. Jet Li. So that. 
That. Yeah. Okay. Is that something that your family did, or? Well, it's uh, it's not my family. My, my my father always always interested in the traditional martial arts idea because the martial arts in China is considered as a, a way of becoming something, you know. And also transformation is that you you not just have a skill, but most importantly possess the discipline and teach you how to become a, a person, tolerate the pain. Uh, enduring all the hardship and able to overcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what other education did you have in China before you came to the U.S.? Well, I got my a bachelor degree in in education. Basically, I was preparing myself to become a, a martial arts instructor, coach. Mm -hmm. I will, you know, I teach Tai Chi for my life. And uh, but you know, uh, I think I ran into uh, I I had a few students from America. And uh, when I was in China, and uh, they tell me, says, "Wow, you are so good! You know, you can make a lot of money in America." So that was kind of, uh, you know, shocking to me. I, I never thought about I would uh, leave. You know, you had American students in your class in That's China. Right, in China, right? Okay. Right. Actually, the guy from Connecticut. But anyway, so you know, first time I I, I thought, wow, really, you know, and uh, but of course, then China during that time is was the beginning of the open, open opening up to the West, so people began to see the West, you know, very very different views, and uh, you know, it used to be, um, you know, America is all is all imperialistic and uh, those kind of thing, but then. We realize you no, know, America is also most uh, uh, modernized and uh, uh, advanced industrial society, and China also began to uh, really kind of uh, uh, you know uh, provide uh, those information for, for for us. So we have we have we have that kind of urge that generation want to expand our. Our our own experiences, the views about the world, about life, and after you know, grew up with that kind of cultural political chaos, and uh, so uh, go out, just go out, uh, become uh, 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 a simple reason, because we feel like we need to mm -hmm. see the world, because the world suddenly become a, a new one, mm -hmm. and it's completely different from the one we were taught when we were little kids. So and uh, so my 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 uh, uh, at that time a lot of people uh, went to abroad, go to Europe, go to anywhere to study, and so I applied to graduate school in Connecticut because that students of mine was there, and he encouraged me and helped me, and so. Did you have family here when no. you came? Do you have? No. Did you do you have family now that's come or? No. No. Okay. No. So all your family. No, well, um, yes, my parents, of course. Mm. Yeah, my brother and uh, yeah, was in China. Okay, yeah. okay. And you were twenty-four yeah. when you came to the yeah. states. Twenty-four. So what was that like? Well, it was exciting. Uh, actually, it was really exciting. I think because of the my my attitude and uh, of course, you know, I chose to come. And uh, even though was uh, thinking about it, it's you know, pretty scary. You know, pretty scary, and uh, with fifty bucks in your pocket, and, uh, and two suitcases, and but then just fearless, feel like oh yes, you know, I can overcome. Uh, it's gonna be great. So 
everything, everything that I, I run into become a fascination. You know, I just feel like, wow, it's so cool. Even I run into, uh, I think the first day, first day at uh, uh, JFK, um, when I get off the airplane, my friends come pick me up. And uh, as we, you know, carry a suitcase and moving along, and uh, the couple guys come over and say, hey, can I help you? Uh, you know, my friend said, no, 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 no. I said, wow, people are so friendly here. How do I help? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so it's, uh, you know, I think it was an age of discovery, that kind of uh, spirit. Uh -huh. uh, so America, to me, was a fascinating place. Okay, okay. So you went to um, University of Connecticut, and then um, how old were you when you started teaching at Harvard? Well, I went to Harvard uh, Medical School uh, as the first uh, two years as a fellow, then thirty years uh, become a lecturer, and uh, was nineteen ninety five. Okay, nineteen ninety five. Right after I graduated, I got my PhD mm -hmm. uh, in medical anthropology from the University of Connecticut. All right. Um, so. At what point did you start the the Tai Chi community? Well, that's when I came to Chattanooga, 1998. 1998, that's you right. moved to Chatt Chattanooga. Uh, Chattanooga for the for the for the positions that uh, you know the uh, they are trying to sink to fill medical anthropology. Uh -huh. So and uh, that was when I came August 1998, and then I think uh, we began to develop the community in 1999. Okay, and you're a medical anthropologist as well. Yes, then yes, I came here as a medical anthropologist, uh, faculty, UTC. Okay, so how are uh, Tai Chi and medical anthropology? Did, are there any similarities you see? Or oh yeah, it's a it's a fascinating, you know, because it's such a coincidence, you know, life is sometimes it's about those coincidences you can make them happen. And uh, I'm very few, few very fortunate. You know, I love Tai Chi. I have not just the knowledge, but also has experience in terms of practicing it. And Tai Chi is a cultural uh, 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 metaphor. And, uh, it's a cultural expression. It's a, it's a, it's a culturally constructed uh, way of thinking and engaging. Uh, if you think about it, and uh, which is very different from. Any other, uh, you know, uh, martial arts, for example, also has cultural construct, and uh, it's emphasized the idea of yielding, redirecting, right? Instead of, uh, uh, an, you know, hazard, right? You, you the emphasize of circular movements and uh, gentle, yield like bamboo, moving like water, mm -hmm. and so that is a, a very, very uh, profound. An unusual way, almost like a extraordinary way, mm -hmm. right? The ordinary way that thinking for us is that someone punch you, punching back, right? You push me, I push you back. So that's very, very ordinary. But extraordinary is overcome by yielding. Mm -hmm. So that to me is a fascinating. So anthropology, medical anthropology, actually is study of how different cultural ideas and the belief system, social reality, contributing to and uh, the way we recognize and also the way we deal with health 
illnesses and the disease. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tai Chi as a way to really emphasize how you bring disorder back to order mm -hmm. and by creating uh, the mind-body unified movement. And uh, doing so, you create a lot of power. Mm -hmm. And uh, to move like water, for example, it's very, very simple in terms of expression, right? Move like water. Mm -hmm. How? How are you able to move like water? Your human body is not like water mm -hmm. outside, right? Our mind can go a thousand miles away with a second to 18 different directions, right? Yeah. If you <laughs> meditate, without meditation, probably, you know, 800,000 different directions. But I'm saying here is, it's so 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 challenge right, for, for, for the mind and body working together to move in like water. Mm -hmm. But once you have to do that, you create tremendous amount of power and just like moving like water. So that mm -hmm. to me is a fascinating and uh, so it's a it's a part of the my what I call it uh, uh, my passion. I mm -hmm. uh, understand how we can think so differently about dealing with the force, about dealing with stress, for example, mm -hmm. dealing with all kinds of undesirable forces, mm -hmm. right? And how culture play the role in shaping the belief we have about the nature of particular problems right. and the way of dealing with it. Okay. Um, when, did you, when did you start practicing or teaching adaptive Tai Chi? Well, you know, I, I, I began to teach adaptive Tai Chi actually by accident, by incident, by, by, by accident. Uh -huh. And back in 1987, and uh, when I was in Connecticut, and uh, one day I got a call from somebody, his name is Paul. And uh, he says that I always want to learn Tai Chi. I read so many of philosophies, uh, you know, Art of War, Tao Te Ching, and uh, fascinating was the way of thinking, uh, especially about Tai Chi, and, but never had a chance to find a teacher, and I heard you're here, and you teach Tai Chi pretty good. Would you offer me a private lesson? I said, of course, you know, it'd be great. So we, we decided uh, to start classes, say, next week at his house. He said, I'm a, a freelance writer. I walk out of my basement, in basement is my office, and uh, so I will leave the open, 2 o'clock on Wednesday, you come in and open the door, and my basement is right, the right hand side of the main entrance, so you can find it, just open the door and give me help, I'll be up for you. I said, fine. So, just before I hang up the phone, he said, oh, by the way, I'm a blind. <clears throat> oh. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I never, never thought about it, you know. He said he was blind? Blind, cannot oh, see, okay. he can see things. And uh, he, said, he says, of course, he did it intentionally. He says, well, I hope you don't have a problem with teaching you know, people with disability. I said, no, 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 not that. I never taught that, I'm just afraid I'm gonna fail. He said, no problem, and I'm a very good listener, just explain to me clearly, and you know, be fine. I said, fine, you know, since it's a private class, it's not you know, public class, so I said, let's see what happens. So anyway, so so I went there that day and uh, found his house, opened the door, and found the basement door, open it, of course, you know, basement going down, 
and uh, there was uh, a pitch dark. I can, you know, there's no light. So I tried to look for the switch. I couldn't find switch anywhere. And so I said, hey, Paul, I'm here in Zibin. And where is the light switch? You know, he said, hey. He says, why do we need light for? So that was my moment of <laughs> enlightenment. Yeah, sounds en like Enlightenment. It. And I never thought about it. You know, I was, uh, I have a disability. And he can move around, you know, in the dark basement uh, without light. I need the light. We need light. Light is assistant device, right? And I never, never thought about that until that moment. I was so in, so so impressed with his witty and uh, intelligence. So we become friends, and we you know we talked. But unfortunately, and uh, the the training did not last too long. And a few weeks later, we had to cut off because that was too difficult. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, because I didn't have any experiences, and uh, so it's difficult to learn moving slowly without uh, visual. Uh, as a reference and a C, you know, because our balance very much depends on our visual, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so that, you know, but back then I, I, I began to wonder, you know, uh, he loved Paji so much, he's so smart, you know, and there must be some way that uh, he's able to enjoy the art of Taiji. And uh, but that was my first experiences of, of almost like teaching Tai Chi to for people who are and almost like extraordinary. It was very different from from the ordinary population I, mm -hmm. I, I have dealt with. And but also was the beginning and uh, point for me to try to understand the whole idea of ability and the disability, how those perceptions affect our way of seeing ourselves and see the world, and eventually how that affect our way to engaging with our social life. Mm -hmm. So that was 1987? That was 1987. And you went to the Beijing Paralympics? That was much later. That was uh, uh, 2008? 2008, yeah, 2006. And uh, I developed the, um, the wheelchair Tai Chi was actually was the, you know, motivated by, of course, by my uh, years of learning and uh, how um, perceptions uh, tend to not just affect the way we defining ourselves, but also the way we engaging with others. And perception is very important. The perception can be changed. And one of the ways of changing perception is by change the meaning of a particular phenomena. For example, wheelchair. And the wheelchair oftentimes perceived as sign of disability, right? And uh, oftentimes studies suggest that when a wheelchair, you know, a person in a wheelchair moving on the street and uh, we don't see the people, we see the wheelchair, right? And uh, so that is a very, very, uh, you know, common. We all understand that. But 
Uh, there are a lot of things we do. We rely on devices, assistant devices, but we don't associate that devices with that kind of negative, uh, you mm -hmm. know, uh, meanings, because the devices can do something else. For example, always, you know, fascinating with uh, uh, skating. You know, people wear skates and skating beautifully. You know, uh, the Winter Olympics, for example. But when we're watching those figure skatings, we don't hardly thinking about, oh, it's all skates, mm -hmm. right? We think about all those people. So skates become something else, become a tool of empowerment, right? We don't think, oh, those people, they really, because they did so good because of skates. Mm -hmm. We don't think that way. So, of course, skates was originally it, right? Uh, from the idea of assistant device, mm -hmm. so we can move around from one place to another in winter or you know, snowy mm -hmm. place, and but wheelchair, same thing. So if 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 we can make it the wheelchair movement, wheelchair movement become part of Taiji movement, for example, in this mm -hmm. case, will that change perceptions? Will that change the not just the participant perceptions about themselves? But also would it change the 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 audience? People, you know, look say, mm -hmm. "Wow, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, not a wheelchair. The guy in wheelchair doing tai chi. The wheelchair movement become part of the tai chi movement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so idea is to transform the the meaning of that particular instrument. Right, right. When was the first time you taught an adaptive tai chi class? Uh, you know, there, the first time I taught adopted Taiji classes, there's not really kind of form adopted Taiji classes. Mm -hmm. You know, over the years and throughout the years, I uh, always had students who come in with some kind of physical uh, problems, right? And the knee problems, back problems, hip problems, mm -hmm. so knee cannot move and as some way as others. So I have to come up, uh, come up a way to, to, to uh, um, help them. And to enjoy the Tai Chi, but also uh, somehow that they're able to okay. do it. Yeah, yeah. How did it work out that you um, went to uh, Beijing to teach um, at the Paralympics? So, the 2006, and I, I developed wheelchair Tai Chi to learn about it. It says, uh, there, can you send us a video copy? You know, we want to see it. And uh, so, I sent a copy to them. They loved it. It says, wow, you know, Tai Chi is such a a popular icon in China. You don't have to, you don't have to promote it. People just say, "Wow, Tai Chi!" They don't understand it, right? And also, Tai Chi in the Chinese cultural context considered as martial arts. A lot of people think all oh, that is cool, and uh, so it tend to normalize the people, right? And uh, so they, they thought this idea is simple and it's, it's great, especially and uh, for population that to rely on basically self-reliance, right? That uh, you can do anyway. You don't need a, you don't need a facility. You don't need a, a, a team manager. You don't need equipment. You can do anywhere by yourself. Mm -hmm. So they decide to promote this nationally. So 2006 and four, the 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 uh, organized the first ever the uh, we call national wheelchair Tai Chi instructor training workshops. So I was invited. 
and uh, go there to, to, to conduct the training workshops. So each province sent two people to Beijing and uh, the training center and uh, uh, to learn this. And many of them are Taiji uh, experts mm -hmm. and also many of them are professionals working with people uh, mm -hmm. with disabilities. Mm -hmm. So yeah, then 2007, 2007, and uh, the, the include promoting virtual Taiji as part of health promotion movement mm -hmm. and uh, by the China Federation for People with Disabilities. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And when did you start working with veterans? I started working with veterans about, uh, I think, three years ago. And three years ago, and, uh, and just by a, 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 a kind of opportunity, and I learned that uh, you know USVA and has an adoptive sports program, uh, which provide funding for 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 a program that will benefit that veterans and uh, with disabilities. So I talked to the manager, I mean the director of this program, and uh, he said, "Wow, virtual Taiji is going to be perfect," and uh, you know uh, because Taiji has become popular. Uh, U.S. as a part of mind body uh, exercise, mm -hmm. and Tai Chi is also for martial arts, which is has special meaning mm -hmm. to the veterans because many veterans have that kind of a warrior spirit, right? So, so to engage in something that's so gentle, good for mind and body, but most importantly, also has martial arts implications, tend to add the elements of empowerment. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I applied for the grant and I got it. And the first grant was to uh, develop a model and uh, uh, see if it works. Mm -hmm. So working with uh, Tennessee uh, VA mm -hmm. uh, Medical Center at uh, Morfisboro. And uh, 2016, we you know, developed this model and uh, start have classes, the trainings, instructor training workshops. And so 2017, I uh, applied for another grant so uh, to kind of promote the model uh, nationally. And uh, so we got a grant and uh, traveled to seven VA medical centers. And you know, each center we, we did uh, three-day training workshops. And the responses from the participants of those, uh, 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 you know, workshops is, is extremely positive. And many of those participants are healthcare providers within the VA medical center, uh, physicians, psychiatrists, PT, OTs, recreational therapists. And almost uh, immediately after training workshop, they start classes. For example, in Phoenix and several other places, Taiji, the adopter Taiji is top and classes people have to be on waiting waiting list wow. to get on the get in the classes. Mm -hmm. So and with that kind of uh, success and uh, uh, USDA and decided to continue support and uh, uh, fund us another year of grant. And uh, next year gonna be travel pool to a fifteen VA medical centers. To, to 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 conduct the training workshops. So it's very, very exciting and to me uh, mm -hmm. personally and professionally. Yeah. 
Um, tell me a little bit about your the class in, in Murfreesboro. Is that the first class that that you taught to veterans, or and was that That's at right. the was that was that at the VA? At the VA and uh -huh. uh, Murfreesboro the VA Medical Centers and collaborated with Department of Rehab, Divisional Rehabilitations, okay. uh, particularly with the Recreation Department. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing that since two thousand sixteen. So tell me a little bit about that that class, that group, the people, the participants. Most of those people participate in the classes are uh, what do you call it? Uh, veterans. They are veterans, and they often uh, depending on the VA medical system, system right, uh -huh. for the healthcare. And uh, of course, most of them have disability and uh, has uh, including PTSD. Uh, so it took a while, took a while to, to, to promote the class because, you know, and many people, you know, with PTSD especially, they, they, they don't, very reluctant to be in a group, people, they want to be by themselves. And, uh, but it took a while and, uh, you know, we had a, a few um, people come and then they enjoy so much, bring, they start to spread the words. And uh, so we get more and more people. So and most participants uh, for that uh, in that uh, site are veterans and, uh, and Iraqi war. Uh, the, I think most of them Iraqi and uh, you know and Afghanistan. Um, so um, we have also quite a few uh, female, and uh, sometimes because the the Morphisbo Medical Center have uh, of course the inpatients. And people actually, you know, live there, stay there. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they also bring them down and to participate the the classes. Okay, they were in their thirties or were they older? Forties, fifties, and sixties. Mm -hmm. And we had a few of thirties mm -hmm. with uh, severe spinal cord injuries. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 all any any like any other um, you know programs. That uh, when you target a population like that, you always have a challenge of uh, not because of program, rather than because of the transportation, for mm. example, you know, for, for for people to 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 come to the site and uh, to to take the training, to participate training regularly, and uh, many of those veterans, in order to get place from you know from home to here from, uh, for example, assistant living, right? There's a military. I think of veterans. Home that uh, for people with disabilities and the mm -hmm. you have to come. You have to have transportations, have to have staff take you. Mm -hmm. And once in a while will be fun, but if you have to do it regularly, that present a challenge. And was it once a week for a certain amount of time? Once a week, and uh, from uh, uh, yes, from uh, uh, ten to eleven, that classes started uh, uh, two thousand sixteen and continue until this day, and mm. become very popular. Mm -hmm. And and then at what point did you start training VA staff? Well, we start when we got the grant, and the first uh, year of grant, two thousand sixteen, and we decided to have workshop because there was so much of interests of uh, uh, learning and to learn this uh, form of Tai Chi and to, to 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 work to incorporate the methods and to their therapeutic interactions with, with, with the patients. We have psychiatrists working with uh, 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 VA veterans with pain and management issues. 
and uh, we had uh, you know uh, uh, healthcare providers who were working with patients with PTSD, for example. Mm -hmm. How are the other VAs finding out about the program that you were doing in Murfreesboro? Well, the, you know, I think that the 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 news somehow to get out and people probably, you know, recreational healthcare providers, they go to conferences, right? The conference will probably share information. But, and uh, there are many, I think later, and there was, uh, um, you know, I think a VA every year, uh, they will uh, publish uh, the recipients of, of particular kind of grants. So some people learn from there, say, oh, wow, the virtual Taiji got a grant funded. So what is that? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we, we got a lot of requests from 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 all over, and that's why. And uh, the third year funding, which is this year, including next summer, is going to be uh, you know fifteen. Mm -hmm. Which minutes. which states are you in right now, or which states do have you trained? Well, I trained uh, uh, Utah, uh, Salt Lake City, Tampa, Florida, and uh, Texas, and uh, Fort Worth, and outpatient clinic New Orleans and Jackson Mississippi and uh, Phoenix Arizona and uh, Palo Alto California mm. so, you know where you're going next year oh yes I do <laughs> where I do. are you going <laughs> well first I'm gonna go gonna go to the Texas uh, Bonham uh, Texas and uh, then there will be um, Martinburg and uh, West Virginia I know I'm going to go to Boston, going to go to California, San Diego, San Francisco, and going to go to Colorado, uh, Grand Junctions, and going to go to uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, New Jersey, New York, and uh, Boston, Syracuse. Syracuse? Yeah, Syracuse, New York. That's where I'm from. Is that right? Well, I mean, I'm from like 40 minutes from there, but that's what I say. I say I'm from Syracuse. Oh, yes, yes. has to be. Well, hopefully you're going in the summertime. Yes, it's going to be The rough. winters are cold. No, I, no, I don't want. I know, I know. <laughs> I always uh, tell people, you know, Syracuse winter time, 3 o'clock, is everybody in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, was, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's 12 states. Wow, okay. Of 13 states, Indiana, and 13 states and 15 locations, Alabama as well. So you're going to go to all of these states, and when you go there, you go directly to the VA and VA. train their staff. And how many people will you train in each VA? So average about 15. Mm -hmm. Each side varies. You know, we set up a maximum is 20. Mm -hmm. So then... Um, so there's several different VAs in each state, and if you're going to one state, will there be, will there be staff from the other VAs will come? Well, you know, uh, apparently it's just it now because of the whole VA is engaging, the VA medical system is engaging what they call the cultural transformation, uh -huh. and uh, the uh, established what they call the whole health program uh, within VA medical system, uh -huh. and a few years ago. And so what the whole health program uh, 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 does is that to, to encourage to help each VA medical center to, to, to provide five complementary and uh, uh, alternative healthcare mm -hmm. uh, methods, services for veterans. Mm -hmm. The five healthcare services is acupuncture, chiropractic, and Tai Chi, yoga, yoga and uh, meditation mm -hmm. uh, so and uh, so each of centers are have great interests 
and to, to adapt a program that is suits. So they found this, this program, uh, virtual Apache program, is perfect because this program, virtual Apache program, not just only for people in the wheelchair, right? And not just doing the wheelchair, but rather than integrate wheelchair movement with Taiji movement. Mm -hmm. And also you can do it the walking form as well. Mm -hmm. So that kind of a nature of adaptation and uh, it's suitable for wide range of folks with uh, different kind of body conditions. Yeah. Um, so how does the hero's journey play into adaptive Tai Chi? Or um, so I remember when we ran into each other at the park, you were telling me about the hero's journey and how you apply it to your work. So could you talk a little about that? Well, you know, it's a, it's a, I like I really really enjoy the, the the all the you know writings of Joseph Campbell and uh, very 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 early on, and I really really appreciate you know his uh, his interest in understanding oh, the whole idea of uh, transformation, right? Life is about transformation, and uh, life is, uh, without transformation, life would be boring, you know? Mm -hmm. What would they do? You know, what's happening tomorrow, right? And uh, life is also full of those challenges, right? Hardships sometimes, sometimes pain. And how to make sense of those pain, how to make uh, give us uh, confidence going through those suffering so we can able to continue and enjoy life right and so that is all transformation about so i i, I always always and uh, uh, find the whole concept is such a powerful and meaningful important for ordinary life and so learning martial arts and to me uh, is a transformation and from ordinary to extraordinary now, and uh, people with disabilities, like including myself, right? I cannot, you know, work out in a dark basement, right? And uh, without the light system devices. But what do we, what do, we do is uh, try to make a thing we do become meaningful, right? So we can of give that meaning, uh, 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 translate the meaning into our own. Uh, for example, martial art training. Well, you know, I did this because it was so hard. I couldn't believe I did it. I wasn't able to do it, but I eventually I did. I told myself, keep on training, keep on training. So eventually I did it. So now I'm different, right? I'm different in a way that I have transformed. So therefore, they give me a sense of power. And uh, so Tai Chi, to me, um, is perfect. It's a perfect way of uh, you know uh, engaging such transformation taiji is simply so gentle yielding round circular and slow but if you understand the meaning of it say, wow that is so powerful you know able to yield and then able to direct right so it doesn't matter how much power that your, your, you know, from outside come at you you can just simply gracefully and yieldly direct so that is extraordinary. Now, so so I, I mean, all my students and the people I know and the literature I read talk about how Tai Chi practices tend to provide powerful psychological effect, right? So I believe, and uh, this is one of very important elements. So, and uh, back to the, you know, uh, we all need a hero. We all need uh, some kind of uh, 
means of so we can transform. And people with disability too, people with psychological distress too. So how can we provide some kind of uh, a practical, uh, accessible uh, too? And uh, for people of all health conditions, so they're able to uh, 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 use it and to change the perception from ordinary to extraordinary, or, you know, mm -hmm. and to feel down, feel positive, mm -hmm. right? To feel helpless, to feel empowered. Mm -hmm. So that to me is very, very common way of transformation. That's yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, so I was going to ask what's next for you, but I, I know this next year is going to be really busy with all of your trips all over the country. Yes. Um, what's, what's after that? Well, you know, it's, it's a way I uh, try to uh, really kind of develop uh, approach. And the approach is to uh, really kind of, uh, you know, uh, develop the model through the veterans population, for example, uh, uh, using Taiji. Uh, that you kind of uh, 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 developed with the knowledge about the participants' social cultural characteristics, their needs, right? And uh, are then able to make change, uh, change perceptions, so to promote positive, proactive lifestyle uh, outlook. So if that works, and that model can be applied to a general population as well. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we have a few more minutes here. Do you want to mention some of your mentors? Well, you know, uh, teachers are very, very important. You know, uh, as Confucius says, if you're walking with three people and one of them is going to be a teacher, and uh, you always learn from, from others, you know, sometimes, of course, by watching people make a mistake, you know, it's also a way of learning. But I had uh, a few uh, martial arts uh, teachers and masters, and uh, most profoundly, I think, they impacted me. Uh, they all kind of impacted me in a different way. I think most, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the profound impact that I, I have uh, uh, received is when I saw them, um, you know, teach by example. You know, themselves, for example, never complaining, for example. They always have positive outlook. And it doesn't matter what happens, always have that kind of, you know, you look at them, you feel sense of hope. If you, of course, I was kids, you know, every time I was, you know, oh my God, nothing's a problem. I mean, they're just so confident, like, and of course, you know, and when I grew up, I know their their lives was not as 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 you know glorious as I thought. Mm -hmm. You know, they gotta go out shopping, buy you know, buy food, cooking, washing dishes, you know, washing clothes, and even living with a very very you know humble lifestyle. Mm -hmm. and, but when they come out, that kind of energy, if you like. They're on top of the mountain. I think so. That that is a, a very very simple uh, way of transformation to me. Mm -hmm. Is how you able to, you know, make ordinary 
to his children are. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Anything else? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a very, very important to me. I think it's a very, very important to, to, to have those people around, to run to those people who constantly provide inspiration. And I think what we're lacking today is the kind of uh, unity groupness, and people are more and more people are tend to you know keep themselves and uh, iPhones, iPads, works you know hardly come out socializing, and of course we begin to see you know the consequences of it. So once you're able to socializing and able to come out, able to have a conversation, and uh, you never know, uh, you will be inspired. Right, that inspiration may, you know, benefit you a life, mm -hmm. lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. I think that's a good a good place to end. Unless there's anything else that you wanted to, to mention. <laughs> Thank you for 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 having me, and uh, I'm a big fan of your work, and uh, you're amazing. Well, thank you. I'm a big fan of you and your thank work. You. So, um, so, so thanks for coming on the show and talking to me today. Thank you. Okay.